Welcome to the Girl Power Alliance podcast, where you're going to meet and hear from some inspiring women with incredible stories who are leading in business and in faith. We are on a mission to impact the world by empowering women to dream bigger through kingdom-minded mentoring and leadership. This is where women grow. Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Power Alliance podcast. I am so stoked to have this gorgeous woman on here today. If you are watching the video, then you can see her with your eyes. Those of you that are listening will have to hear her beauty through her voice. Let me tell you a little bit about Rebecca Gregory. She is a national speaker and life and confidence coach for Christian women. She has been mentoring women and developing leaders professionally for 15 years. She's wildly passionate about how good our God is and uniquely strategic in how she helps women get unstuck and level up their life, faith, and business. In addition to quickly becoming the go-to woman for gospel-rooted personal and professional development, Rebecca teaches around the country at women's retreats and events. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here. Awesome resume. Yeah. I mean, you know, all the glory to God. (laughs) I mean, you've been doing this for 15 years before people were even doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was in different forms, you know, I mean, I started literally in high school and college and in leadership roles, Bible study roles, um, you know, leading as an RA and an RD and just things like that. Uh, But yeah, I've known from a very young age that I feel equipped and called to lead women, to point women to Christ. And and then it kind of rolled up into counseling. My master's is in counseling and then management. So I was in management, kind of leading teams in a secular environment. And then it turned into my own thing, which started uh, speaking about 10 years ago, coaching about four years ago. Um, but yeah, it's it's been, you know, a, a long time, I guess. <laughs> It's funny because you, you, you don't think it's a long time. And then you start to look back. You're like, oh, I guess I have actually been doing this for a long time. And I'm 30, I'm 38. So, you know, I, I think I was in my first leadership role when I was like 19 and, you know, yeah. When you start to put all those years together, it's like, okay, I've been at this for a while. (laughs) It goes, it goes quicker than we think. Yeah, it does. I'm 10 years, your senior almost, I'll be 30. Wait a minute. How old am I? I'll be 48 in June. So I'm old now. I'm almost 50. I'm closer to 50 than I was to 40. And that's a weird, well, I'm thing. totally envying your hair right now. So thank you. Thank you. I watched it. I watched it yesterday. So it's clean today. So it'll look good for two days. And it'll be in a bun for the next week. We're <laughs> all have a hat on. That's what I do. Oh, okay. So hat discussion, you can't see, but over here, I'm, I decided this is told sidebar if you're listening, but I decided this year that I don't do resolutions or anything, but I decided I'm going to become a hat person this year. So I've been collecting hats. I have three of them and I love it. It's a great thing to wear when your hair is dirty. Fantastic. Yeah. So cute. So easy. Saves so much time. I live in them. So what kind of, like, what's your go-to hat? What kind do you wear? Like baseball, like a real cute baseball hat. Um, but I have some of the like wide brim fallish looking hats. Um, yeah, I have quite a few. Oh, okay. So you're already a collector. I'll have Uh to send you a girl power Alliance hat. We have these cute little, (laughs) we have these cute little caps with our logo on them. Um, but I, the ones that I've been getting are, they're calling them wide brim something. One is a rancher. I don't know. Yeah. A whole new world. It is a whole new world. (laughs) 
sidebar to the conversation. See, this is what's so great about talking with women because like, it's so easy to just segue into, we're talking about hats. Now we're back to talking about Jesus. I love that. Um, I wanted to, so, okay. So you got your master's in counseling and you worked, um, outside, uh, you worked in just, you know, outside of kind of a Christian space for how long? Um, yeah, when I was a counselor, I was counseling in a Christian space. That was about years, um, in a supervised role while I was maybe working on getting my license. Um, but then I, I worked at a public university in California. So, you know, very not Christian environment, (laughs) in management, um, in like mid-level student affairs management for six years, um, leading, teaching leadership to, you know, entry-level employees and students and things like that. Where in California? The Central Valley. So Turlock. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Are you in California? No, now I'm in Boise, Idaho. Oh, okay. Um, very cool. Well, I, one of the things that I think is really helpful for women to hear from other women is kind of the, the nudge, like what the, the path that God takes you on where it's kind of like you're bent in a certain way with, with desires and giftings that if you look back, you see that you always probably had them and used them in a variety of ways, but then the nudge to kind of take the leap into doing something like what you're doing, coaching and, and direct, you know, really helping women direct their lives. I mean, so how I would love to hear kind of that evolution. Oh man. Okay. So I'll, I'll quickly hit on two of the nudges. The first one is when I started speaking, um, that was about 10 years ago and I was still, you know, full-time other regular nine to five jobs, but I'd gone through a very difficult time in my life. Um, so I'm single and not married. And when I was 27 years old, that became a major faith crisis for me had a a period of time where my faith was totally rocked. All my Mm -hmm. friends were getting married. You know, I thought that's what my life was going to be. Who is this God that I'm praying to who seems to care about everybody else, but me, Mm. um, a very, very dark season in my life. And I was in Christian leadership at the time I worked at Liberty university, which is, you know, huge Christian school. I was leading a bunch of Uh, undergraduate women. And I was like having this major, like, do I even believe any of this crisis? Um, And that's a story for another time. But as God brought me through that crisis, it was right at the other end of that, where my faith got deeper than it had ever been. I learned, you know, that I'd kind of been holding on to some of those things as an idol and God, as he stripped those idols away from me, gave me more of himself. So all this beauty about God being enough and God being what we really need, like marriage and children are great, but they're not our deepest need. It just overwhelmed me to the point that I started speaking. I started a Bible study on campus. Um, the Bible study grew to a really big you know, group of women and then churches invited me to speak. So I never really had a moment where I was like, I want to be a speaker. It was more what God was doing in my life was becoming so overwhelming. And then he just kind of whispered. It was almost a whisper in my heart that said, and now I want you to tell other people. Mm. And so I, you know, I took the next step of faith, which I went to the campus pastor's office and I was like, I want to start a Bible study. And they said, yes, you know, and then the doors opened from there. Um, but that's how the first one started the the coaching portion and actually doing this as my full-time business or ministry started three years ago, four years ago now also born out of a really difficult season. Um, 
I, I was in management in a university and, you know, on call 24 seven in a very secular environment that was pretty hard on my spirit and started to experience some anxiety for the first time in my life, had never felt anxiety or like panic attack ever. And so, you know, when you're like 33 years old and it hits you for the first time, it's like, this is not me. Who am I? What the crap is this? (laughs) Um, and so I don't even know that I would have had the courage to quit the security of a nine to five with a pension and good income. If God really hadn't brought me to a place and point in my life where it was like really clear that that's not what I was supposed to be doing, that it it wasn't good for my soul. Like it, it, I just needed to quit it almost for my health. And then when I did, and that's kind of when he said, well, this is what, you know, you're gifted at this is what you're supposed to be doing. So like it's now or never time to do it. Um, so yeah, both of my nudges were actually out of seasons of difficulty. I think that's the way that it is for a lot of people though. And especially I think even more so for people with like my type of personality, which maybe you are, maybe you're not, I'm hard headed. So it, it actually, it's going to take like a, like a Mack truck to turn me because I'm like, I'm going, this is the way I'm going. I feel this is my path and I'm going to go and God has to like, literally like demolish the path in front of me so that I won't continue in that direction. And, um, I feel like for you with those two examples that you just shared, you know, in my, in my life, God has probably gave me nudges along the way, little things that like my spirit would get quickened or didn't feel right, or I wasn't sure about, but because I was, had momentum in a direction, I would continue on. And he had to force me through trials to actually pay attention to the thing that he probably had been telling me for a super long time before that. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of, I mean, you alluded to it a little bit earlier, but yeah, there's always been pieces throughout my whole life where I'm drawn to, oh, counseling. Like I love helping people or, you know, I started leading a Bible study. And so there's all these pieces of this is what you're good at, or this is how God is helping me develop my skills. But then there does, there comes a moment where for me, at least he pretty much took away every other opportunity yeah. because I couldn't see it on my own. Yeah. Um, or for me, I've been, it's just hard. It's really hard to let go of the world's expectations, you know? And for me, that was largely, okay, well, if you're not married, you don't have kids then you're supposed to be climbing the career ladder. You're supposed to be making a lot of money. You're supposed to be doing what other people think is successful or normal. So God has always had to do a ton of work in me of like, well, who, whose opinion matters most? Who are you living for? Um, are you going to trust me? Are you going to take this leap of faith? And then, yeah, I mean, we have the choice in that moment to, to take the leap or not. What a, what a wonderful life experience you have to be able to share with people. And I think, um, you know, there's million, there's so many freaking, everyone's a coach now, everyone's a coach about everything. And and you have these 25 year olds that they're like, I'm a life coach. And they, and they live in like the guest house of their parents' house and they, you know, they've traveled to Bali's and now they feel like they're this global, you know, this global influencer. And I, it really grieves, like I'm making fun, but it really grieves my spirit because, um, there is no, um, substitute for the experience that we have in life. And, and the experience is, 
and I say the word experiences kind of like very lightly because really what they are is sometimes really life changing obstacles is really what, where this wisdom Mm -hmm. comes from, Mm -hmm. you know, God knew he, he made you who you were, you were, you were designed to coach and guide and help and counsel and give good words and use discernment. That's how he, he built you, but Mm -hmm. the, but you had to experience these things for yourself in your own life, really, you know, for, and oh, in yeah. my in my case, getting beat down to the ground before sometimes submitting to what it was that he was asking. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what a blessing it you are in the world to the people that that are able to come in contact with you. Thanks. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> oh, uh, there's no. It's it's there's not even a question of it. When you go through, you know, things and you learn these things about shedding off the expectations of the world, shedding off the expectations of the church, even too, you know, and really walking in the path that God has you in, even if it doesn't look like anybody else's path or even the path that you thought (laughs) for yourself, you know, that, that submission really creates this incredible trust that you have you in the Lord. Yeah, it does. The submission is a huge part of it, but, and it's also just, you know, I so desperately crave women to understand how satisfying God is, you know, like I look around often when I speak at just women's retreats and things like that over crowds of women, some of which have been in church for 20, 30 years who still don't get it. They still don't get it. They still don't have the emotional connection with God. They don't abide daily. They still think there's something else, whether it's, you know, health, fame, money, looks, the perfect relationship, the perfect kids, the perfect house. They still think there's something else out there that um, is going to make them more fulfilled, more rooted, more confident or anything, fill in the blank, than just our true you know, intimacy with our creator. And that's what really, that's what gets me going because we obviously live in a world where women are being told everything, right? Like if you start your own business, if you fix your mindset, if you become super independent, like (laughs) they're just, we're given so many opportunities to make our lives, everything we want our lives to be. And I'm just kind of sitting over here like, okay, but we have to start with God is your ultimate. (laughs) We have to start here, which is why I could never imagine doing coaching apart from God, like apart from gospel, like coaching is pointless. I think not pointless. I I think it can help with mindset. I think it can help with goals, but transformation. Okay. Changing our beliefs, changing who we are in this world comes from finding truth, like embracing truth and letting truth change us. So I can't, I can't imagine coaching without it. When I, when God was downloading kind of the vision for girl power Alliance, he put up, I'm not a coach or anything, even though I have coached, but that's not, it's not what I do. Um, and I, he put, he put coaches on my heart in such a big way. And I felt like what he wanted me to do was to shine a light and give a megaphone to coaches like you, because, because like I said it earlier, everyone's a freaking coach now and they're, they are guiding people falsely. Literally. It's like, false prophets. It's false. It's false. They're telling, you know, you go to these events as a, as a woman in business, you go to these events and they're talking about manifesting and all this crap that I'm like, 
we're, we're missing the thing. We're missing the thing, the only thing, the thing. And so, um, whenever I have an opportunity to connect with a woman like yourself, that really like the foundation of everything you teach and train stems from the foundation, like the, and people, you know, the popular word now source source, like the popular thing, but it's like, God is the source. Jesus Christ is the source. And so let's stop dancing around it and let's use him for who and what he is and what he should be. And is supposed to be for us. Right. Right. Because it changes our entire, like from striving, right. Self-reliance. Oh, I, okay. Then I just need to manifest harder or do these affirmations, <laughs> read this book. Like it's still on me to do it as opposed to the rest and the reliance. Okay. So I have a restful heart and in, in God, but I'm still producing. I'm still fruitful. I'm still making an impact, which is what women want, yeah. but we, we just can't even believe and understand that perhaps the producing and the fruitfulness is going to come on the other side of like rest and trust and not my own effort. Like that doesn't make any sense, but you know, it literally goes against what the, what we're, (laughs) what the world teaches us, which is why it's so important to have people like you teaching it, because I like to tell people this, um, as an, as an, as a woman that is an entrepreneur that is totally sold out for Christ, like our business strategies go against very often what the world will tell you. So you can go to some incredible, like business guru event, and they're going to tell you these things. And it's literally the opposite of what we should be doing as a believer out in the marketplace. And so what what you are offering to the world is of the utmost value. And I just cringe when I actually heard, I heard a coach recently I'll never say the name because I, I'm not here to bash anybody, but this is somebody who in her space is very well-known woman. Um, she's known as a, you know, a, a kind of a leadership business coach has a very, very massive following. She's a believer. She doesn't mm-hmm. teach from that space, but she mm-hmm. lets it known that she, you know, loves Christ and follows Christ. Well, okay. I was listening to something that she was doing. It was like a Facebook live or something recently for, for a group. And she literally said, your coach does not have to be aligned with your faith. If they hope to get you to the next goal, it's the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. And I, what I turned it off. My spirit yeah. was so grieved. Yeah. I was like, I rebuke that. I won't listen to that. I won't even let it in my ears because that's what the enemy wants. Because all you have to do is send them just slightly. Right. Well, and what that what that message is saying ultimately is that your bottom line, right? Your business or your career or your income matters more than your faith. And it doesn't. You're it so doesn't. right. It doesn't because even if I lost everything that I do tomorrow, okay. If I was never able to coach again. I was never able to speak again. I had to move in with my parents, but I still had God. I, I still have enough. Okay. So I love what I do and I hope I get to do what I do for the rest of my life, but I don't love it more than I love God. I don't, (laughs) you know, it's such a, um, I think, and tell me, you know, I would love to hear your, your thoughts on this. It really stems from identity, like the true identity. Like we make our, I know that I have had moments in my life where God showed me like you've made, you've made this part of who you are an idol and your identity. And that is not all of who you are. It's a piece, right? but it's not all of who you are. And your identity is found in who I say you are and who I am for you and through you. Right. 100%. Yeah. But to be there in that place is 
is actually like, it's humble, right? It's, and I'm not calling us humble, but I'm just saying oh. that, that goes against it does. everything that the world teaches, like everything that the world teaches to be in a place that's like, okay, so it's not really about me. No, it's not. <laughs> But how freeing too, right? That's the freedom that women want, but they don't know that's what they want. It's an interesting, it's an interesting time where, you know, we live in this kind of Instagram world and, um, I use all of it. Like I use Instagram, I use social media. I kind of deplore it though, because it's so fake. It's so filled with false information. I want to be a light and everything. And it's almost basically required if you're in business to be on these platforms, yeah. basically, because it's where everything, all the people are. Right. Um, but I'm, it, it, it makes me, I'm sure you go through the same thing. Everything mm-hmm. is about marketing and elevating yourself and all this stuff. And it, mm-hmm. it's like, it literally is like peeling my skin off it, mm-hmm. and it's so hard for me to do. It. And I've had people tell me over and, and I've, I know for a fact that I have not excelled financially in business because I won't succumb to those things. There as much as I could have, I've done, I've done, been very successful, but I, there were lines for me. Like there were lines that I didn't want to cross. There were things that I didn't do that other people were doing that gave the, at least the perception of them being more successful. And I just was like, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to sacrifice. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I bet that people want to know, I would want to know what do you do in your own life to not get too sucked in? Like to, to make to like the ego to- part. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I have children and they will continually knock you off of any stool that you're on. <laughs> But for me, I, I, I think, I don't know what, what happens. I, I think it happens out of, um, getting like, to be totally honest, getting like the shit kicked out of you in life. And, and really like, like I've had, I've made great money and done great things and I've lost too. Mm-hmm. And they don't define me. And mm-hmm. so, um, I'll never forget this quick little story and hopefully this answers the question. So at the height of my career in network marketing, when I was making the most money, we, me and my husband were making the most money that I've ever made. Um, I had this really pretty little red sports car because I, I didn't need a mom car anymore. And mm-hmm. so um, I got this car. My husband's a car guy. So we will always have nice cars, expensive cars. I know all the financial people are like, never do that. We'll always do it because it's my husband, like it's hobby. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, whatever. Let him have his thing. So I took my mom out and, uh, you know, my mom is middle-class, but probably on the lower end, uh, financially where she's been in her, in her income and, uh, has like big time, like money mindset issues. So I'm like, Hey, let's go for rights. Took the top down on the car. I put her favorite music on. It's like the Beatles or something. We're yeah. driving Southern California gorgeous day. I mean, literally it was like the quintessential moment of just, it just, I had felt more free than I'd ever felt just in my life. Uh, and so she goes, Oh my gosh, um, you're never going to want to drive with me again. And, Oh, you're ruined now. You'll, you know, like, you're never going to want to drive anything. In. I'm not a car person, first of all, but second of all, I go, mom, that is not how it is. Like right. this car is fun and I really love driving it, but if it's gone tomorrow, it right. means nothing to me. Right. Right. I understand that. Yeah. Like it means nothing. Is it fun in the moment? Um, yeah. Who doesn't want to enjoy that and have the wind in your hair and, but if it's gone tomorrow, 
it doesn't define me. And so I think I could only get there because I've been both places and, and I love Jesus so much that Mm -hmm. I never want to be separated from him. And just like Paul says, you know, he has learned the ability to be, to be basically uh, content, content in plenty and in want. I've had plenty and I've been in want. And um, I I mean, we all have a long way to go. I never believe my own press. Right. Never believe my own press. I never want people to be like, wow, I could never do what you do. I could never be like you are. I never want people to think that. So I'm like insanely authentic to the point where my husband always goes, you don't have to tell people everything, but it's because I want everyone to realize, like, I don't want to believe, I don't want to be that way as a person. It's turns me off. So I think I just try not to, I don't believe any of my own press. Yeah. And I'm going to answer that question. Yeah, you did. But it's even as you were answering the question, I was thinking to myself, it was, it was a little bit the wrong question because I was asking you like, what have you done on your own ability to stay humble or to stay, you know, out of the ego game? And what you came to ultimately there was, well, I've learned how to be content with much or with little, and none of it defines me. And, and it reminded me of the truth, which is, and that's from God. He taught you that. Absolutely. We didn't have the power to do this for ourselves. You know, I don't have the power to be humble on my own. (laughs) I don't have the power when I'm exactly right. And some woman comes up to me and says, you know, oh, I wish I could do what you do. Or that was the best thing I've ever heard. I, my ego does perk up at that, but because of my life experiences, because of the valleys, because of the hurt or the pain or the seasons of difficulty by God's grace, which I would never want to go back to, but you know, in hindsight, you realize it has taught me, it has formed my character in a way that I could have never formed on my own. So yeah, it's, we, we want to think like we're, we're even tempted to sit here and tell women, like, this is how you stay true. When the reality (laughs) is it's only because God taught us how to do it. A hundred percent. I think that I continue, like I teach this, but I, but it's not just words out of my mouth. I consider everything that I do. I am not, I am not the message. I am not the message. I'm a messenger. So my job is just to deliver the thing. And so I try to stay open enough that whatever God wants to say, it like people Mm -hmm. clap for you, but I'm like, I take no credit. Anything that I've written, if it blessed somebody, anything that I've spoken, if it blessed somebody is because I just want to be a vessel to let him do what he does and let the Holy spirit convict somebody else's heart. And I, I don't like, it's too much. Also it's, it's too much pressure to be, to be the person. I don't want to be, I am humble. I am like, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to disappoint. I'm going to screw up. I'm going to, I don't want to be that. I just want to be like, Hey, listen, go there, go there. This is what he did for me. Go there. Right. Because then if the thing, whatever the thing is succeeds, um, it doesn't, feed your ego. And if it fails, it also doesn't crush your ego. It's really true. It helps you to stay really kind of balanced, I think. And don't get me wrong. I certainly have moments. And I will tell you this because of, and maybe this is true for you too, but because of my personality type, and you said you've always kind of had a bent toward leadership and and standing kind of in front of the room for lack of a better term, like that was kind of, I, I have too. And what the enemy told me for many, many years of my life was that 
You are an ego-driven person. You only want to do this because you want the attention to you. And so I battled inside of myself for so long, like, no, I, I, I don't want to be ego-driven. So I'm going to stay away from this. I don't want to be ego-driven. So I'm not going to pursue that. But what I, what God really, really showed me was I was, I'm not an, I am not ego-driven, like legit, not ego. If I, uh, this is going to go out on video. Like I look nice from here up. I'm literally wearing unmatching. Like I'm in yeah. my workout clothes from my waist down. I'm, I am not ego driven by, by yeah. any stretch of the imagination, but the enemy yeah. wants so bad to stop us from standing in our identity, from walking down the path that God has us that he even took the gifting that God gave me and he turned it against me. He took yeah. my gifting and said, you want this for you. Yeah. And so it took me years to realize like, God, if this is the thing, like I prayed, take away. I only want the desires of my heart to be aligned with the desires of your heart. Take yeah, anything and everything else away. Mm-hmm. And then that one, that, that, that piece, that leadership piece never went away. So then one day I just realized, wait a minute, mm-hmm. maybe that piece is the piece that God wants me to lean into. And right. so it's an interesting thing. So the ego thing is, is a constant thought yeah. in my mind, but now I feel like I finally see it for what it actually is. Like so I'm nobody. Right. Right. But I'm but somebody. You are exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we are nobody, but we are somebody. I love that. <laughs> that's a, that's a good way to say it. Do you want to know what, how Satan used my leadership ability Please. against me? I know he did. Yeah, he did. Um, and I think I've, I've probably only in the last couple of months, Okay. Probably last November is when it finally like totally shed. He's told me over and over and over that it makes, that it intimidates men. And it's mm. the reason I feel because no man wants a woman as strong as you. No man wants a woman who's a spiritual leader. Like, you know, mm, that no makes man me want to cry. I know, but that's that, you know, again, I'm 38 years old. I am dating a really amazing Christian guy right now, but it's a long journey to be 38 years old and to be wondering like, you know, why God are you ignoring me is what it feels like. Or why am I invisible to all these good Christian men is what it felt like. And then you try to find reasons, right? Or Satan tries. And and so the periods of my life for the last 15 years, when my gift has gotten the most quiet or the most small, or I've kind of just put it on the shelf was out of a heart of, well, I really need to be less intimidating to guys. Mm. But I'm word intimidating. I, I, I hate that word intimidating for women. I hate it. Like, because you are intelligent and bold and strong in your opinions and you're confident, then you're intimidating. Right. Let me just tell you something, Rebecca, and I have chills from head to toe. There is nothing intimidating about you. You are warm and welcoming. You are intelligent and gifted and anything else. And and if that word is spoken over you, if that thought comes over you, I want you to literally rebuke it in the name of Jesus, because you were crafted in the womb by the hand of God himself and you are perfect. And, you know, I, your light needs to shine in this world and probably even brighter than you've even let it because of that. Right. I mean, oh, it makes me so mad that the enemy does this to us. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been used 
so hard against me and still like my love for God and my natural skills, they kind of well up again, but I cannot even begin to describe to you how, um, I just can't even begin to describe how deep that lie has gone for me. I understand. That you basically have to be either alone forever and living out your gifting, or you have to play it real, real small in order to, you know, have a partner in life because Mm. the the combination doesn't exist. Now, I don't, like I said, I don't believe that anymore. I just believe that the men who are capable of partnering with me are few and far between, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I, I, that, that's definitely how he's, how he's kept me. I mean, it, it went as far back as the first time I was an RA or an RD. It was like, okay, well, the girls that I see getting married are the girls that are like really quiet and really nice all the time and don't have, you know, a strong opinion about certain things. So maybe I have to be like that. It goes back a long. It, it really, <laughs> it really is true. It's a true, it is a true thing. Um, so I was a teen mom. I had my daughter when I was 16, my son when I was 19. And so I was married and we got divorced. By the time I was 21, I was divorced with two kids. And and I dated a little bit for a number of years. And I got to the point where I was like, well, I'm that's it. I'm never gonna like here I, you know, here I am, all of 25. And I'm like, I'm never, no one's ever gonna want me and all these different things. And it's um I, the word intimidating has been used a lot for me too. And it, it hurts, it hurts me because, uh, it's, yeah, it it puts this kind of like film over you. And I know that people don't realize the power of words and, and people say, oh no, it's a compliment. It's not a compliment. I'm not trying to intimidate anybody. Like intimidating to mean is like this big brooding presence. That's like coming to smash you down. Yeah. Or, or who is prideful or who can't. Let other people shine. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I yeah, agree with you. Very to me, it's a very condescending word. I'm like, please it, don't tell me that. It's like the it worst. Really thing. Is. I went to um, about a. It was during COVID. Was it during COVID? No, it wasn't during COVID. It was right before all the COVID stuff happening. Stuff happened. Um, I went to a sister church of the church I was going to at the time to to do a table for an event that I was hosting, and so you know they were people knew each other, but it wasn't my actual church. I knew some of the people in there. I just go, you know, whatever, go to set up a table and meet this new woman. And we're talking. And she goes, she asked me a question. She goes, um, she said, it must be, it must be hard for um, you to make friends. You know, you're such an intimidating woman. And I was so, she wasn't being mean, not even at all. She was having this real lovely conversation. It like, obviously I'm still talking about, it's been like a year and a half. It was a, it was a, like those words crush you. And so when you have, like you are, when you have these natural things that God created you to be, but even in the nicest way, it can, it gets turned on you. It really becomes this internal battle to, to believe what it is that you know is true about you because of what God said Mm -hmm. to you about you. And so people need you to help them with that. And you could only help them with that because you're living it lady. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think you are intimidating just so you know, but I think, I think you are confident and confidence intimidates people who lack confidence. And there's no way around that. Like there's no way around the fact that you will, your confidence will make 
somebody very aware of their lack of confidence, but that's not your fault. Like, what are you supposed to do about that? Listen, I am, the only thing that I am confident in is the fact that God loves me. Everything else about me, I am not confident in. Like I'm, I'm barking on a project right now, but every morning I'm like, Lord, you need to give me like intelligence that I don't have today. <laughs> so it's like, literally right. I don't, um, and every, like, sorry to interrupt. No, go. But, uh, even the, I'm confident that God loves me, which means you're confident that you are loved. Okay. That presence in a room in this day and age is rare. Isn't it? But, but I'm right. Like, I think anytime somebody shows up in a room, like knowing that they're loved, it's people notice it. Hmm. It just is what it is. We could literally just talk for the next four hours. I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but we should probably not. <laughs> well, okay. So, so tell me this, if somebody's listening and they're like, I need Rebecca five years ago, I'm desperate for her. Tell me what are the programs that people can plug in with you? What is it that you're offering? And then, um, on the, on the flip side of that, tell them how they can connect with you. Where are you on social media and all of that good stuff? Yeah. Okay. So my, my name that I go by is Rebecca Ann. That's my first and middle name. And so my website is Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H dash A-N-N-E, not underscore dash dot com. So Rebecca dash Ann.com. And they can find pretty much everything they need there. Um, mainly right now I'm speaking. So I'm doing collaborations like this or, or, um, showing up in people's like virtual group zoom meetings or whatever, and encouraging larger group of women. I prefer to do that in person, but as we all yeah. know, COVID kind of shut that down. So I would love to show up in anybody's environment where they just need some truth and inspiration. But then the other main part of what I do is one-on-one coaching. That's where genuine transformation about these kind of things that you and I are talking about right now is actually happening. I mean, it's so humbling to me. And I, I leave a lot of my own coaching sessions, like almost in tears because I'm seeing God's truth, like oh, good. and for women and change them. Um, and so that, that really can only be done through coaching. I do have two separate like online courses that people can use if they're not ready to invest in coaching. Um, and, but again, all that's on my website. So, um, go straight to the website on Instagram and Facebook. I'm at, and then it's like one word, the real Rebecca Ann. Okay. Well, if you didn't get that, don't worry, because I'll have all the information about how to connect with her in the show notes of the podcast. And if you're watching the video, it's right below us and all the information there. Um, and I, oh, I just, I just thank you. I just want to honor you for what you're doing, for your journey, for your transparency, for being so courageous to share, you know, these these, the things that you share, where you share from is such a vulnerable place that takes such courage to do that, to just be exactly who it is that God created you to be. And, um, you're a, you're a, you're a very remarkable, uh, woman. Well, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for, I, I didn't even know that people like you who understood the power of coaching or at least Christian coaching, you know, and like you said, kind of shining a light on that. I didn't even know that that was out there. So I am so thrilled to, to be able to, you know, be connected with you and what you're doing. 
Well, um, I want more of you out in the world. We need to, you know, you know what's interesting about the world today? I feel like most people are pretty logical. Like they, they think probably pretty similarly, but it's the people that are out on the fringe that are the loudest. And so we as believers need to just get louder. We need to just be louder. It doesn't mean we change our beliefs or, or become activists or something, but you just we just need to be louder. And so I want to put a megaphone on people like you that are out there doing the thing so that all the people that are out there hearing these loud voices that are wrong can hear right. this voice louder, right. that, that like, voice. Like actually soothes their soul. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. I'm excited to see what you're doing. Excited to see what, whatever it is the heck that maybe we do in, in the future together. And um, you're amazing. So thank you for that. Thank you too. You're welcome. That was a good one. If you are listening to this and you are a coach and you want to be part of the Girl Power Alliance community, then head over to girlpoweralliance.com. At the top of the page, you'll see collaborate with us button. Click that and just start the process because we are always looking for coaches, contributors, whether you're a speaker, you have a master class, you have a mini course, you want to be a guest on the podcast, we're looking for you. You're part of our community and you just don't even know it yet. So head over there so that you can begin the process to be part of all the things that we're doing here so that we can shine a light on you, put a megaphone to your voice and highlight you in as many ways as we possibly can. If you want to test out the membership, all you have to do is join for the $1.99 trial and you can kind of uh, test drive all that we're about here in the Girl Power Alliance membership. And remember this, we're so passionate about Jesus and helping women grow that we say at Girl Power Alliance, this is where women grow.